Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Check one, two. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Robbie. My name is Will. I'm not one of the pastors here, uh, but I am filling in for Dr. Barrett Bowden. Barrett's not a doctor. We'll say he is, though. <laughs> it sounds better. Hopefully up here so you can get the light. Sorry about that. Is that better? Come the light. Come Thank the you. Light. Yeah, right. Welcome. So uh, just to say, I, I think I've known Robbie for like 100 years, um, and I've known Barrett pretty long time too so it's just a it's a a privilege to get to serve with these guys and you know when you when you've known somebody that long and seen how far they've come it really is a privilege to to witness (laughs) oh just kidding but seriously all right so a little bit about me um married to courtney um and our whole all of our families here today so yahweh say hi Thanks for coming. Uh, we've got we've got three kids, Crew and Gray and Sutton, and they are a handful, but they're a lot of fun. Um, also, you know, New Year's everybody kind of sets New Year's goals and resolutions. So, you know, this year, me and Courtney, uh, we're thinking, you know, how can we how can we expand our our reach, our investments, our our goals? And so, I was like, well, I'll. I'll invest all of our, our money into a cattle farm. Um, but the bad news is now all of our assets are at stake. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I just had to get that out of the way. That's my joke for the morning. <laughs> okay, but it, we'll get serious, I promise. Today we're going to talk about walking in faith and what that looks like um, coming out of the Christmas season, and we looked at, uh, with Barrett, the promise of Christmas, and it's, it's such a beautiful picture, such a beautiful story, and I, I think a lot of times the transition, like we, we miss something, like we know, we know all of this happened, we know all of this is good, but what do we do with it? Like, what do we do now? I don't know. Well, so before we get to that question, let's recap a little bit. Just the picture of the promise of Jesus. And so this TV is really cool, too. Um, Looking at God's promise in the Old Testament, coming into the New Testament, I just want to take a minute to carve out a little bit of time to just allow you to kind of soak in the, just the gravity of what God's promise was and is, and how through faith God worked in so many different ways. And so I think one of the, one of the cool things about having kids and walking through the Advent season with them is they're kind of at the age where they're seeing all this stuff for the first time and kind of seeing it through this perspective of, I mean, just such wonder and such majesty of who God is and his character and his grace and his goodness. And I want us in order to kind of move into the what now. First, just take a minute to soak in the story of what God has done and his faithfulness. And starting, you know, back at the beginning with Adam, we know that Adam sinned and fell short. But the the beauty of that picture is that even in Adam's exile from the garden, he was left with a promise. He was sent out with the promise that God was still working. Uh, you know, to to be in that moment, to know Adam and Eve, like, man, we messed that up. But to be sent out 
in such a way that knowing that God was going with him. To be completely, to, to have your life completely wrecked, but God to say in that moment, I'm going with you. And just, just that picture of faithfulness that would continue for generations and generations. It would continue to Noah, a man who lived in a generation of total depravity, of total wickedness, who spent his life living in faith, hoping that God would work. And God spoke to Noah and said, Noah, I need you to build a ark. Yes. And Noah built it. And through years and years of work and labor, waiting on God to do what he said he would do, God finally fulfilled his promise in the um, purpose of the ark. And in in that moment of of death and destruction, of renewal, God set aside a family to save. It's a picture of rescue that God's faithfulness had not yet ended. Even in a moment where it looked like the world was completely lost, completely broken, just needed to be just, hey, let's scratch this start over. God sent forth a picture of a family that he was going to rescue. And out there on the waters, God saved Noah and his family. And we know that God renewed the the world through water in that moment, but fast forward uh, down to the end of the list, and eventually God would renew the world, not through water, but through the blood of his son. And so we see, as we're walking through the Old Testament, just the, the picture of Jesus is gradually being more and more illuminated, that we, just, we know that God is doing something, but what is, what is coming? What is coming? Imagine living in that time where you know God is, he has promised you something, he's promised faithfulness, and it's coming, but you don't know what yet, but you're hanging on just to that thread of hope that God is going to fulfill his promise. And so in Noah, God's promise was fulfilled. In Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I put those guys beside each other because I didn't have room for everybody. Um, So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we see the promise of God has continued to be fulfilled. God met Abraham and said, Abraham, look up at the stars, count the stars. How many do you see? And Abraham's like, bro, I can maybe count to 11. But (laughs) God said, I will make you... Uh, a great nation. Your offspring will outnumber the stars. And in that moment, Abraham's like, I'm 100 years old. Ain't no way that's happening. But God worked as only he could do through his faithfulness to show Abraham that he would uphold his promise. He upheld his promise through Isaac, even though he called Isaac to be sacrificed on the mountain with his father. They're walking up the mountain, walking up the trail. Isaac says, Dad, we got the wood, we got the knife. Where's Where's the lamb? And what did Abraham say? He said, God will provide. And he did provide just that. And we see through Jacob, even in all of his um, shortcomings and tomfoolery throughout his life, God was working through him. God was working through Jacob to bring about his son. We see through Jacob's son, Joseph, that God continued to work out his faithfulness. You know that Joseph was left for dead, sold into slavery, alone in Egypt, But God's plan was still moving forward through Joseph's life, through Joseph's faithfulness in a prison to be committed to what God was calling him to do. He led Joseph to be a man of authority, a man of integrity. And when Joseph's brothers came back to Egypt to beg for food in a time of famine, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to take you guys out because you took me out, he took off his crown and said, hey, guys, it's me. What, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so through Joseph, we see the perseverance of God's faithfulness, that even in, in circumstances that are 
um, are hard or difficult, God's faithfulness was still moving forward. And Joseph on his deathbed said, when you guys leave out of this place, when God takes you back home, I want you to take my bones with you. And so we see in Moses' life, who was called to lead the Israelites out of exile, who was called to bring forth the plagues to Egypt, um, who essentially, you know, we see as a man who was, he, he lived broken for many years, but God restored him, restored um, his life and his ministry to the Israelite people as a shepherd, as a leader of the flock. And through the plagues, even God spoke of his faithfulness, of his redemption. We see the institution of the Passover um, and the picture of the Passover lamb that where the blood was smeared across the doorframe, uh, there God would pass over. There redemption would be found. And a, a shadow, a, a preview of what was to come at the cross where the blood was smeared across the cross, there we would find redemption. There we would find renewal and grace. And so through Moses' uh, faith, through his trust in God, he led the Israelites out of Egypt. Didn't make it quite to the promised land. They made it to the desert. And so through uh, the 40 years in the desert period, God continued to work out his faith through provision of food, provision of water. When it looked like they were just forgotten, God was still with them. He led them uh, with the pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, always, always, always with his people. Through Joshua, we see God's faithfulness in the conquest. Through the judges, we see God's faithfulness in the cycle of repetition where the people would sin and God would send a redeemer. The people would sin and God would send a redeemer over and over and over again. It looked like you know, everybody's just messing up, but what God was doing was reminding them of his faithfulness, saying, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. Through women like Ruth and Esther, God worked despite circumstances. Uh, they held their faith to see God's promise through, showing us that, you know, you don't have to be of a certain status or gender or size or shape, but God can work through your life as you are and as you are willing. Through David, God brought forth a king, a king that had shortcomings, but at the end was a man after God's own heart who um, sought to build a kingdom that would reflect God's glory. Through Solomon, we see the building of the temple and his faithfulness through the prophets. We see the word spoken that something again was coming. A future was coming hope was to be had because God had a plan even in the time of exile when Israel was sent to Babylon we still see um, like in Jeremiah that there was a hope for the future God had a plan God had a purpose he said to to plant to prosper to grow don't give up hang on to faith because God's not done with you and so we see the return to Israel to Jerusalem and through years and years of rebuilding and restructure that again, it's just the picture of faith in, in total desolation. God brought forth renewal. And then from that, we see the birth of Jesus, who came um, in total humility, uh, in, in just total compassion to the world that was totally broken to bring forth life to us. And I mean, isn't it just crazy to think about all those years that God was working? on such a, a huge plan, the mystery of the gospel revealed in the birth of Jesus Christ. All these workings through all these people who didn't really know what was going on, but knew one thing, that God is faithful. And so what I want you to know today as we move forward, before we get into the um, three practical points that I have for you today, 
that God is faithful. So whatever you know, may be going on in your life or whatever's going on around you, just, just take rest in the fact that God is faithful to, to fulfill his promise and understand that his promise has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. And so again, the question is, what now? How do we transition from the beauty of the Advent season? You know, like when we take down our Christmas tree, the kids, it's just a moment of pure mourning. When the, it's like the tree, Dad, why are you putting the, why, are the, why is the tree going to the street? Why are the garbage men taking our tree? Like, what are they doing? It's just, it's sadness. It hurts. It hurts. And so we know that life is kind of getting back to normal. We have to go back to work, all these things. So the question is, what do we do now? Next slide. And the main point for today, again, we'll be in Colossians chapter 3 if you want to turn there, uh, starting in verse 12. But the main point for today is that God is and always has been faithful. And our response is to walk in faith through love, praise, and submission. Again, the main point, God is and always has been faithful. Our response is to walk in faith through love, praise, and submission. And we'll go ahead and dive in to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, before we dive in, let's just have a moment to pray together. God, we just thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, um, God, just for being so faithful. Thank you for Jesus, Lord, and uh, thank you for uh, sending a rescuer to us, Lord, that we might live in grace, we might live in hope. God, we just pray during these moments you would, uh, Lord, just teach us, grab hold of our hearts, Lord. Um, inspire us to live more like you, to love you, Lord, and to love others. We just thank you for this time and pray that you would be with us now. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so today we got three practical points for how to walk in faith. Just three, and they're good too. Now, the first point is live in love. So if you're taking notes this morning, again, that first point is live in love. Look there, um, at verse 12, it says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so the first thing I want to look at um, from this section is the first three words, put on then. I highlighted everything in blue because, go Tigers. Um, (laughs) So put 
put on then literally is a reference to essentially like the idea is getting dressed. So like we are stepping into these things. And so I'm thinking through like why, you know, why does Paul reference this as like the idea of clothing ourselves in these qualities? And the picture essentially is that it's, it's something that we have to continually do, right? So like we don't just get dressed once and call it a, call it a life. Like, yep, they were good. Um, you know, so it's the continual putting on, the stepping into our daily outfit, right? So when you wake up in the morning, the faith that you're walking in is a choice that you are making that day, the choice that you're making in that moment. It's easy to wake up on a Monday morning and not put on these qualities, right? To get out of bed mad because you can't watch your Netflix show and, you know, just frustrated that people at work are not nice to you or whatever it may be. It's, it's hard to wake up in the morning with this mentality. But what Paul is urging us to do is to put this on, to step into it, to be proud of it, to soak in these qualities and to find joy in these things. And so put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Essentially, compassion is reflective of mercy, kindness towards other people that... that um, forgiving quality that we see in mercy. He goes on to say kindness, humility, meekness, which is referring to gentleness and patience. Now, uh, I don't know about you guys, but that's pretty, that's pretty hefty list, right? <laughs> Can I get an amen from the power pew? Hey. <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where it's like, well, man, you know, uh, I, I might, I might could do like I, I, I shoot for kindness today, but I don't know about patience, you know what I mean? But the, the list is, it all is kind of cumulative in where he says, put on love. So love essentially would be kind of like at the top and from and out of love, these things kind of live, right? So when we, when we are seeking out what to do with our day, what to do with our life, how to walk in faith, first step is just to put on love. Now you think, well, I mean, I, I can do that. I can love people. Yeah, sure. But it's, it's a little more, I think, intentional than what we often realize. So to illustrate, um, picture this, Sutton, our daughter, uh, and just a side note, girls are way smarter than boys. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's a discovery I've made after having a daughter. I feel like she's smarter than me. Like, everything that she does, it has a, a purpose. Like, there's a plan behind it. Whereas, like, Crew and Gray, just, they just want a Pop-Tart. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. So, I've, ladies, hats off to you. We are, we are not that intelligent. Um, anyway, so Sutton likes to wake up early, so I'm getting ready for work. Uh, Sutton's running around the house. She, I mean, she's into everything, just a little crazy girl. So I'm, I'm getting ready for work. Courtney's kind of chillaxing in bed, just soaking in the, the early morning times. And um, Sutton walks up to the nightstand and grabs Courtney's phone. And she pushes the Siri button. So Sutton's going, Mama, 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 holding the phone up. And Siri's going, I do not know who your mother is. <laughs> and so, <laughs> And uh, anyway, so it, it was just a really funny moment. But in in that moment, it was kind of um, 
Like, oh, this is a good illustration. So the, the, world, the world is out there looking for a source of, of practical love, right? Saying, mama, 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 mama. Where, like, where are you at? Where's the love? And oftentimes our response as Christians is like the robotic, I do not know who your mother is, right? Like, well, I gave my tithe this morning. I, like, I went to a church last Tuesday. I went to a small group and shook three hands. Like, we, like we put ourselves in robot mode. I do the robot, but I don't I better not. Uh, but, like, we, we've got to get out of that box where we feel like we're, like we're easy love, like our comfortable our comfortable level, right? So we, we kind of set things up in our life where we can check the box of, well, yeah, like, sure, I'm loving people, but the reality is true biblical sacrificial love is hard to walk in. It's, it's difficult to give yourself away. And so uh, I believe next slide we have two fears. And so in, in our putting on, Essentially, we have to overcome two fears. The putting on of love requires us to give up these two ideas. The first would be what essentially will I have to give up? And that would, that would fall into time or hobbies or things that I enjoy. Um, maybe it's like how much you spend on clothes versus how much you're giving to the church. You know, there's, there's always something that comes out of sacrifice that results in love. So you have to give up to truly be able to love genuinely. And the fear is what often holds us back is that I can't, I can't give up that much, right? So it's, I, I, I'm not able to fully give of myself because I have too many things that I need to do or too many things that I need to focus on. And what Paul is saying is essentially... To, to walk in faith, to put on these qualities, you have to remind yourself that loving others requires you to not worry so much about yourself. Loving others is about loving others. It's about putting your heart towards Jesus, the one who gave you everything, so that you in turn could give up yourself. It's, it's a pure sacrifice. So fear number one, what will I have to give up? And you know, as you're jotting that down, just kind of, you know, we all, we all have those things that hold us back. We all know what they are, and it's often different for some than it is for others. But um, you know, just kind of take inventory of that. What are what are things in your life that may or may not be holding you back um, from moving forward in a in a genuine type of love? Second fear would be, will my effort be wasted? And I think a lot of times we we put we put such a value on our time and our love and our like our abilities, that we're worried that if we pour that into somebody, maybe too much, or you know, like that it'll be wasted. What? So, like, I, I think I might need to show love in this way or that way, or to this person or that person, but I don't want my love to be abused or taken for granted or wasted, right? We're worried about the results and we're not focused on the action. And so, what Paul is saying is to put on love, it's not for us to determine what the results are going to be. What our job is to do is simply to walk in faith and to love and to be compassionate, to be meek, to be forgiving. When somebody wrongs you, what do you do? Like, well, plot my revenge, right? Like, yes, I, I will see what I can do to get back at this person. But that's not what it's about. What our job is as followers of Christ 
is to take it with a grain of salt, move on with life and love people genuinely, to give up of yourself and to give up of your time. Don't worry about the results. Who's got to worry about the results? That's God's job, right? He's got that under control. He's the one that's faithful. We're just walking in the faith. Don't worry about how it's going to end up. Just focus on what you're doing. Focus on who you are, who you're loving, and that daily process of putting on love. So, point number one, again, live in love. Remember that love is an action. It's a moving forward. It's a constant motion. Number two would be persist in praise. I like this one a lot. It's one of my favorites. And essentially, it's a continuing attitude of worship. A lot of times we, um, I think we kind of, we separate like worship in our daily life from our, our spiritual life. So like, yeah, so we just had worship time. That was, Robbie's the man. That was good. We had, that was my worship. And so next week I'll come back and we'll worship again. But this type of persistent praise is a daily worship. Like we don't have to, we don't have to be here. We don't have to be in the corporate body to be able to worship our Savior. Worship worship and praise is something that's meant to happen over and over and over again. So look there in uh, verse 15. It says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so we see in these verses... um, Essentially, like the, the linear progression of how putting on love moves our life forward in faith. And so step one would be put on love. And out of that love, what do we see? We see the peace of Christ is ruling in our hearts. Because our hearts are so overwhelmed with love, we become full of peace. Now, peace is a good thing because peace also helps us love more. So it's like the linear, it's linear and circular. It's a circle. Uh, and to which indeed you were called in one body. And so again, that peace, love, peace puts us into a position where we're unified, where we don't see and focus on our differences, but we see and focus on what we have in common. And what we have in common is a Savior that loves us and gave himself up for us. And closing out, it says to be thankful. What do you have to be thankful for? I don't know. Maybe God is faithful. Yeah, I think so. So <laughs> moving on from there, we see the progression of how like, God just totally impacts our life. You know, so, so many times, so many days, we are on the struggle bus, right? Like there, there are so many moments where we don't live in the joy of what God has done for us. And I think that that's kind of the bridge to the question of like, well, you know, what now? I know all this stuff about what God has done for me, but what do I do with it? I don't feel like God is is out there. You know, like when you, um, you've watched 49 episodes of Parks and Rec on Netflix, and it comes up and says, are you still watching? I think a lot of times we, we feel like, like we're the one asking God, like, hey, are you, like, are you still out there? Are you, are you watching? Because I feel, I feel left here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm stranded. What do I do now? But what, hey, walk in faith. Number one, put on love. And out of that love, we see peace, we see unity, we see thankfulness. And so 
I think what we miss a lot of times is that we expect like this, like, I don't know, like constant magical sense of, of celebration towards what God has done. And what Paul is saying here is that we have to be intentionally focused, like to walk in faith and to feel that, that rhythm, to feel that jive of God's holiness, of God's beauty and his, magnif- his greatness, uh, you have to be walking in that, right? If, you, if you're walking away from that, you're going to feel separated from it. But if you're walking in it, you will feel united in what God is doing. So how do we persist in praise? Verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And so this also has kind of a linear progression. Let the word of Christ dwell would be our first highlighted word there. Dwell in you. Paul is referencing to scripture memory, right? To know the word of God will have an impact on your praise level because the more you know, the easier it is to praise, yeah? The more John Denver songs you know, the easier it is to drive through West Virginia, but the, so the, the, like if you're having a praise problem, part of that might be because you don't know what to, like you don't know what to praise, right? The more truth you know about what God has done, the more you see of the big picture, the more you know of his character, of, of his love, the easier it is to say thank you for it. So when we let the word of Christ dwell in us, not only does it make praise more accessible, but it also push, pushes us forward to teach and admonish. So praise not only you know, happens in our own lives, but praise happens in the lives of others. So as you are dwelling in the word of Christ, as you are learning and memorizing and soaking it in, the next step of praise is to teach and admonish, to pass it along. So in, in our teaching of others, in our sharing of others, in our walking with others in small groups or whatever it is, like as you are teaching, that's like that's all praise and worship. It's all connected in how God is working in your life. And so we see that uh, he moves on to say, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And so essentially as you as you dwell, as you learn, as you teach, you grow in wisdom. And as you grow in wisdom, you grow in faith. Understanding what God has done in your life and what he's doing in your life has a huge impact on how you walk in faith. If you just put on your blindfold and hope that he does something with you, you're kind of setting yourself up to be in a bad spot. But if you're intentional with your praise, intentional with your worship, intentional with your time, God can work and will work in your life. Now, this next part is my absolute favorite, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's sing. Not really. <laughs> Robbie, uh, we'll let you take care of that. I've been asking Robbie to be on the worship team for like 12 years, and he still tells me no. Uh, I don't know. One day, one day, I'm going to lead a, I'll lead the choir in heaven. Uh, but, but it's just, so singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. All right, so how, how many of you just, you know, going through the, the drive-thru and you just bust out in a Michael W. Smith worship song. Anybody? Anybody? Does anybody just randomly sing throughout the day? I do. I mean, it, uh, my friend at work, he, if we have to go somewhere together, he tells me if I sing, he'll jump out. Uh, so maybe it really is that bad. But it's like 
the picture is, you know, just carrying, carrying with you the song and the joy of Jesus. And you don't, I mean, you don't have to be a good singer to praise God, right? You don't have to be a melodious harmonizer to, to praise. Is that a word? Anyway, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Hit the next slide for me, Anthony. Psalm 36, 5 through 12, verse 5 says, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast, you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life, in your light do we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your righteousness to the upright heart. Anybody know that song? Your love, oh Lord. Robbie knows it. Preaches to the heavens. Um, but like we have, we have a song to sing because of what God has done for us. So don't hold back day in, day out. You want to put joy in your heart? Sing a song. Sing praise to the one who has brought you hope, who has brought you joy. And it's, it's, so, it's so simple. And it's so, I mean, it's so joyful. So, but I think, I think sometimes we just forget. We get caught up in just like the daily routine that we forget to live in the attitude of that praise and worship. And so just remember, remind yourself that, that praise and the worship is an integral part of who we are in our daily life. Let's move on to the next one. Persist in praise. We got to trust the process. And the process is, in life, what you see are like moments of highlights, but there's, a, there's kind of a long stretch of just the mundane. I call it like the peeling oranges. Y'all, ever, y'all peel a lot of oranges? When you have kids, I feel like all you do is just, you're just peeling those clementines like all day. And it's, so, it's just such a terrible thing because, it, it, I don't know, every time I, I feel like it takes so long, each one that I do. And it's just this moment of, uh, peel another orange. And you got three kids, you got to peel 19 every time you have a meal. And so, but the process is, in, the, in those mundane moments of your life, like when you feel like you're just dragging to, to school or to work, or you're just in the, like just the normal stuff, like you're not on the mission trip or you're not at church, you just, like you're just a normal dude doing a normal thing or do that, like are you, are you praising in those moments? That's, that's the question where God has the most impact on your life are in those simple, quiet moments where it's just you and him, where you're just taking out the trash or uh, mowing the grass or doing your homework or whatever it is, just those, those normal, everyday things where you can say, God, thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being faithful. Every moment of every day, God is faithful in your life. And so don't forget that promise that he is holding up every day that you are here. Trust the process of praise. And so we grow, again, through worship. Just a reminder that as, we are to, as we're walking in faith, we're putting on love, we're growing in worship. We are increasing our, our proximity to God in our hearts through study, through song, through prayer, 
and through community. And so don't look at worship just as an, like an outward action, but look at it as an opportunity for growth, as an opportunity to mature um, and to, to really just step forward, to take that extra leap into what now, the what do I do with this life? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Point number three would be simply submit. And now I feel like this is, uh, I don't know, I feel like I should do an infomercial for a bottle of simple submission, like the orange juice, I don't know, uh, like simply orange, but anyway, sim- simply submit. All right, so <laughs> look at verse 17, it says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Simply submit. Uh, whatever you do in the Greek, that means whatever you do. Um, so everything that you are doing, like work, play, video games, taking care of kids, changing diapers, peeling oranges, whatever you are doing, do it for the glory of God. What, I mean, what a perspective and what a change that would put on our lives if we if we lived in such a way where every step that we took, every decision that we made was for the purpose of moving forward in faith. To, to illust- a lot of times we look at submission as more of like an overbearing type of thing, like, yes, as you wish. Uh, but essentially, I want you to kind of look at submission as a, as a releasing of pride. Right, So not necessarily just a, a saying yes to something, but a giving up of yourself. And so I'd, I'll illustrate it this way. Um, back in the day, my first pickup truck was a 1995 Chevy Silverado, four-wheel drive. Got 3.5 miles to the gallon. <laughs> it was <laughs> a thing of beauty. Uh, so I had got some mud tires put on there. We were out in the country one day, and I said, I'm going to drive through some mud, get this thing dirty. Uh, and when you're, when you're young, you don't think about, like, having to wash your car after. Anyway, so <laughs> we're out in this place. Of course, it's like a complete flood zone, uh, but, I, you know, when you're 16, you're not running through all the, like, the logical uh, things you should. So there's this one spot that like last Tuesday had been a lake. I was like, I bet I could drive through that. And so put it down in four-wheel drive and turn up Alan Jackson on the radio and everything's in, everything's in slow motion. You know, the mud's flying and the pe- like, people are clapping. There wasn't even anybody there. Um, well, one, one guy was. He was clapping. And so like we're zigging and zagging and slinging up all this stuff. And then all of a sudden... It, it just it just stops and like oh no this is not good so it's one of those things you kind of you look around and make sure nobody saw it and then put it in reverse and uh, you know, nothing happened and put it forward it's like, oh okay okay I'll get out and look at this and I I went to open my door and it wouldn't open I'm like that don't seem right so I climbed out the window and the the mud was over like the the door I mean it was completely sunk it was, it was ruined. And I thought, this is bad. 
Uh, and so my, I had a friend with me. I was like, all right, so what, what can we do to get this thing out? Because I don't want to have to call my dad and tell him that I am stuck, like sunk, not just stuck. We are sunk. And so we, like, find a four-wheeler, and that, that didn't work. And he had, like, a like an 84 Ford Ranger, and that wasn't working either. And so, you know, we're, like, jumping on the tailgate and trying to, like, maybe we could pick it up. I don't know. And <laughs> grabbing sticks and I mean, all, all this kind of stuff. It was a disaster. So finally, finally, I, I bit the bullet. I was like, oh, man. So I called my dad. He's like... What happened? I was like, well, I'm stuck. He's like, oh, okay, I know a guy lives about two, two minutes away. He'll be there in five. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So, I mean, literally, one, one phone call to Pops, and Boudreaux from down the street was there in like four minutes with a, you know, nitro-octane tow truck from Canada, and I mean, pulled us out, and like, without even trying. It's like, oh, man, man, that was, that was easy. And all I had to do was all I had to do was call my dad. But to to do that, I had to let go of the pride that I had to say I got stuck. I did something really dumb. That was it was not a smart decision. But the the solution was there. I just had to step out in submission to say like, "Hey, Dad, you got me." And of course, she's like, "Yeah." Thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, but in, in our relationship with God, I think the reason a lot of times we don't submit to what he's doing in our lives is because we're afraid to let go of our pride. We're afraid to let go of ourselves to allow God to work in us. And that's why Paul is saying, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Like, don't worry about yourself so much. Your pride is something that we, you, we so readily hold on to it, but it should be the opposite. It should, it should be that we so readily let go of it. Pride is one of those things that all, at the end of the day, all it's going to do is, is get you in trouble. And so if you want to see God work in your life, simply, simply submit. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Thankfulness is one of those unique things uh, when you're walking in faith where it's all about perspective, right? Walking in faith will lead you down some crazy roads. Look at Joseph in his life. He was walking in faith in a jail cell. Look at Noah. He was walking in faith building the ark where there was no water, right? Look at Abraham walking in faith um, up a mountain to sacrifice his son. So thanksgiving and faith and worship and praise, it all has kind of a, it has a working relationship, but it's a strange relationship because Thanksgiving can often be difficult to find when circumstances are hard in your life. And so just, um, I, th- I think the, the closure, the punchline today would be that as you, as you're walking in faith, as you're putting on love, as you are persisting in praise, as you're submitting to God, that that closing line, giving thanks to God the Father through him, thankfulness, even when things just don't feel right in your life, when things feel broken, when you feel tired, it's okay to be thankful. God is still faithful to do what he said he would do. His promise will be upheld because he is faithful. And so you can be thankful for what's happening in your life, whether it's good or bad, because God is good. 
It doesn't, you know, we aren't defined by our circumstances. We're defined by our Savior. And so um, just, just to close with this, Robbie, I don't know what this is counting down from, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit it right on the dot. <laughs> but to, cl- to close with this, <laughs> uh, yesterday I was cleaning out a closet, uh, trying to make space for, it's like a Christmas bomb went off in our house. You know, you get all, like all the presents we got, we brought them back home and we just threw them in the floor. And it's like, everybody have fun. And you're just like jumping on piles of clothes and toys and Legos and rolling through this heaven of, of magic. And so I thought yesterday, hey, we got to get this ball rolling, got to get moving, got to start putting some of this stuff up. So I was cleaning out a closet. Long story short, in the closet, I found one of Courtney's old, I better not look over there, one of Courtney's old prayer journals. And it was from like 2012. I opened it up and she uh, would like list out her prayer requests and all that stuff. And it said, uh, I don't know, it was like March 2012. And the, the first sentence just said, I think today was one of the hardest days of our lives. And I was like, man, like, you know, thinking, thinking back to those, um, to those moments, like where you just really, like you can see where you've been and see where God has brought you. It, um, <clears throat> but, the, so, you know, like, and so I, I flipped through a few more pages and, um, it, I mean, so this, it was kind of like a time of transition in our lives when we were trying to figure out a lot of stuff. We hadn't been married long and, um, so it was, it, it was more like job related anyway. Uh, so we're figuring all this stuff out. And so flip forward to like one of the last pages in the book. And it was like, we don't know what we're going to do. We're stepping out in faith. I hope this works. And, and it was just, it was just one of those weird moments where like I'm covered in paint from the art closet and dust and dirt and grime and just soaking in God's faithfulness. And it's just so cool how, like, from, from a time of, like, desperation, God leads you through that. God, he walks with you through those moments to bring you to a point where you can look back and say, man, like, God, you did that. You worked in my life. You were faithful. And so what I want you to see today is, one, one you should probably do, like, a prayer journal because it's really cool to to look back and see that. But more than that, just reflect on the fact that God is, is longing, is wanting to work in your life. God is wanting to use you for his glory. He loves you and he cares about you and he cares what's going on um, in, the, in the highlight moments of your life and in the mundane moments of your life. And so just as we kind of close here today, I would encourage you just to reflect on God's faithfulness as, you, as you've known him. Um, and may, maybe you have yet to know him. Maybe um, today is the day, this is the year where you can, you can fully submit to say, God, I want to follow you. I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to lead me. I want to give myself over to you. Um, but man, just there's so much joy to be had. There's so much 
there's so much hope to be had, not just in the story of God's promise, but in the story of who you are. And so take heart in that, take hope in that. As we start a new year, start by walking in faith. And so I'll just ask, um, as we enter into a time of prayer, as Robbie comes forward, that you just um, just bow your head, close your eyes, and just use these, use these moments to reflect on the Savior, you know, who was, who was born of a virgin, who was born um, into poverty, who was born in a manger, but came as a king, uh, the one that we know that was sent to save us, that would uh, be destined for the cross, but would would give himself completely over to us to teach us how to love, to teach us how to live, and to walk in faith. And so as we reflect on who Jesus is and we reflect on how um, we are encouraged to walk in faith by living in love, by persisting in praise, by submission, just take these moments, take this time, one, just to, to thank God for who he is, to thank God for what he's done, but more than that, to thank, thank God for what he has yet to do, for the work that he still is doing in your life. Just to consider the, the magnitude of, of his faithfulness. Like, do, do, you, do you realize how good he is? And so in, the, in this moment of, of quiet, of rest, just meet with God. Just take this time to, to pray, to, to seek Him, to look, look for a fresh start, to look for that first step, or maybe it's the hundredth step in faith in your life.